Hi, hi, John. Hi, Paula. Morning. To you. So Hello. If, good morning. If you, hi. We're going to switch over to Ukraine in a moment, but I wanted to talk about the next-gen perspective, as uh, you are, Paula. You can talk about yes. Ukraine otherwise in a moment, but John, can you maybe do you want to introduce how you met Paula and then uh, let Paula say a few words? And I know that you, you yourself have perspectives, so we're sort of t tight on time, but if you just give a quicker version of what you were going to say longer, John, I think it's important to get your words, your perspective uh, out here. Yeah, I, I think it's more important to get to Paula. Uh, I've met Paula almost a year ago in Los Angeles with her family and uh, her friends in Los Angeles and gathered around the common goal of how do we help refugees? And she has her own story around that, why she's doing that, but it's really impressive. Um, she's become a dear friend. Um, and I guess that I'll say she's been working on the refugee problem before it became a problem for Ukraine. And she's built an amazing network, and I'm grateful to be a part of it. And just for uh, my background real quickly, I'm building a company that provides education, healthcare, and finance to the working poor so they can live a better life, and that includes refugees. And grateful to be a part of your network, Mark, and uh, please call it. Let us know how we can help you, and I'm really proud to know you. That's it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for the introduction, and thank you, Mark, for having me. Um, I'm calling in from Barbados today because I'm here um, to work with the Prime Minister um, and a group of entrepreneurs on um, solutions for social challenges in the region. And so, um, yeah, personally, I come from a, um, a family that um, created its wealth, um, in the Second World War and shortly after. So there was a very big um, segregation between men and women and um, what they were supposed to be doing um, in relation to running the company. And um, for me as a woman, um, I just felt like it was a very um, important thing to empower myself out of these old um, family structures. I'm the only woman um, of the next generation in my family. I have two brothers. And so um, if there's anyone who's listening in here, um, who's maybe also female or has a daughter is thinking about, um, you know, in, intergenerational systemic conflicts when it comes to gender perspectives as well. Um, I'm very, very happy to have a word with you guys. My name is Paula Schwartz again, and um, I think you'll find me online. So, um, yeah, and because I basically dropped out for a while out of my family, um, I created something that runs like a decentralized autonomous organization, and it functions a little bit like a nation because um, it's called the Cloud Nation. The website is mycloudnation.com. And so the idea is that we support different sectors, mobility, education, healthcare, and we look into projects that are amazing, that are um, based on data. They're, they're really generating change for people. I really love this um, concept also of, of the University for Peace. I was super inspired by that. And so, um, yeah, we help implement systemic change through these um, interlinked solutions that we back. And um, yeah, we've been trying to do that for Ukraine as well. Um, and that's essentially what I do. I'm trying to organize um, yeah, knowledge that is applicable um, in the context of a certain region. And um, I personally live at the border between Greece and Turkey because I'm also um, half Greek and half German. And I felt a little bit like a refugee in my family, which is why I was so focused on mass migration in the beginning of my work um, when we started to implement these systemic solutions um, and to back them. And so now I live in an innovation 
park basically that I've built. Um, it's 14 houses where we welcome people to um, create solutions together. And um, we just finished a camp there to um, to welcome people who are also listening right now. Um, thank you very much for being in the audience. And so essentially what we did is to bring um, refugees together from Ukraine um, with, uh, with investors and collaborators in order to explore what happened um, with Greece and Syria and what should not happen with Ukraine and the bordering regions. So we looked at innovation um, in the in the refugee camp. Um, unfortunately, in on Samos, where I live, the refugee camp was bombed um, by the residents because the um, the um, living conditions there were so catastrophic. And so the um, residents of the refugee camp they just said no. Um, and so um, yeah, there's a lot of negative learnings to be made um, and. There's a lot of synergies, but I don't want to just keep talking. Maybe you guys want to ask me some questions about that, and maybe some things were not clear enough. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm open for questions. If you want, Thank Mark, you, do you want to yes, yes. give me like a bridge there? Yes, we like interaction. And by the way, we get together at 7.30 in the morning, except for today, because I had a conference. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and, and Saturdays sometimes, and Sundays to collaborate on Ukraine. So maybe um, maybe I can, yeah. Hey, Paula, Paula uh, I, have, I, have, I have something for you. Talk, sure. talk about your experience. A lot of these, what I've noticed is a lot of these innovations, refugee camps, and also innovations in the poor and the distressed cities in America, I think there's a lot of commonality between them around needs for yes. access to information, education, healthcare, all these resources, and how can we how can we have a bi a bidirectional um, innovation between between these areas? What do you think? Well, I think that um, what Mark is doing and what I'm doing um, is the first step to bring people together to talk um, beyond borders about situations that are happening, and then um, I'm creating a database of um, different projects that are useful, like 3D printed houses. Like now, we're making a list of um, companies that could um, 3D print housing, houses very quickly or um, prefabricate them um, because um, that's like in Greece right now, we need a lot of housing to potentially also host Ukrainian refugees. And so um, we don't want to use the tents again that were so terrible um, for the Syrian refugees. So, um, yeah, I think it takes a very strong database. It takes knowledge transfer um, through these well-organized networks, and um, and it takes friends who are willing to actually talk about these kinds of things, and that's where um, it should feel a little bit like a family um, because these things they do matter, and um, they might not be the most economically interesting um, projects because they just don't create this crazy revenue, um, but at least they create healthy people. And um, and I think also in the United States, this familiar feeling of um, working with people who you know care is something that I personally find very important at the moment. Um, because there's the opioid crisis in the U.S., there's the um, homelessness crisis, there's so many things that are heartbreaking. And um, it's important to show a little bit of um, 
human love and kindness and to actually um, not look away, you know, don't um, just step into your big ass apartment um, at the end of the day and just um, look at your numbers, but also look at the people who are on the streets and who are not doing well. And it cannot be that the wealth gaps are um, are uh, growing and, uh, and we're really not looking at um, the shitty situations also in the U.S. that is happening. And so, yeah, I think in order to have knowledge transfer, it's important not to create silos um, and to stay open for conversations and to um, have compassion with people because, you know, a lot of people are going through a really shit time and things are getting worse on the planet. And um, I think people have been getting better and better at looking away. Um, and that's just not the answer. So, um, yeah, I really want to support Mark and also you um, with, like, um, building up these networks, including more and more people and um, scaling your impact because I, I think that um, it's important and I think that we can change the world together. Thank you, Paula. Appreciate this. You're going to stick around here because we're going to talk about your uh, my mic's off. We're, stick, thank you, Paula. We're, stick around because we want to talk about one of these subjects, which is Ukraine. Marius is here. Yeah. He was just with you in Samos. Uh, he came off the plane and went bowling with us. That was. I heard. Fun. Yeah. Last night was ping pong, but no, he's been really good. He's been like sort of our like a like keeping that thread. He's he been, sees our our roundtable, so our networks mesh very well. We're all about interconnecting and open architecture. So with that, I know, Marius, you asked for another minute. Are you ready to? No, I'm ready. I just wanted to the call. Okay. Perfect. Well, if you're on the Ukraine pan panel, uh, yeah. please come up. Get, get started there. And then some of you are on Zoom. And Paul, again, stick around. Elena, maybe as we do that, from, from Elena and Katerina, you could – we're just going to go by way of intros, uh, like, you know, 30 <laughs> – 45 seconds per person, who you are and what you're doing as it relates to Ukraine. Hi, everyone. Uh, let me share the screen. I would like to share our presentation. Uh, I hope you can see it, right? Yes. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Elena Sabri. I represent Phoenix Group Foundation from Ukraine. We are from Ukraine. And here I would like to introduce also uh, Business Development Director Katerina. She's also present here on Zoom, but unfortunately she could not present today. <laughs> yes, uh, she's in Europe now. So for us it's uh, a great pleasure to be here with you, and I would like to welcome everyone and Mark for the network, for everything, what you're doing, including, of course, Ukraine. Um, you know, um, I could never imagine that I will be sitting in front of you here. I'm, I'm based in San Jose, California, <laughs> and that we will meet in these circumstances, because I have 20 years in corporate communications, and I'm a career coach now, so I changed my – it's my second career for the fourth year. But uh, what happened on February 24th is uh, unbelievable. And you said that uh, what scares you, you asked many people yesterday. And you know how close the war can touch your life 
like my family is in Ukraine, my mom, my sister, my family, my friends. And I don't know when it will end, you know, honestly. And this is what scares me because the war, it has a um, huge effect and it can start anywhere because these rockets can fly anywhere. So this is what scares me for the future, when it will end. So we would like to present the foundations that were started by Ukrainian entrepreneurs, business owners, top executives. The foundation was established for children two years ago. Uh, but when the war started, uh, they organized and uh, decided to help. Everything happened so fast. So many people in Ukraine, they lost their homes. So uh, these entrepreneurs, they organized and up to date, they spent uh, 3 million euros for humanitarian help for arming territorial defense because territorial defense is uh, doctors, the teachers, engineers, IT managers, mainly men uh, who became, uh, um, who are fighting, who are defending their homes, their districts and so on. So in two months, uh, Foundation managed to open three offices in Poland, uh, in Romania and Moldova. Uh, they have um, 50 employees around Ukraine and in Europe, and they built amazing network of over 1,000 volunteers in Lviv, Kharkiv, Chernigiv, uh, Kiev, Dnipro, Slavutic, and this list is extending because uh, Russian missiles bombing more and more cities and towns every day, unfortunately, nonstop. And uh, Phoenix Group managed to establish the logistics to deliver the, the aid, help to uh, uh, civilians, to military from Europe to Ukraine. So what they do... Um, they uh, design food boxes um, that can last uh, for four or five days because you saw uh, on television. Elena, Elena uh -huh. sorry to interrupt. I, I, we have a, another a group of other people on the panel. So what you've set, you've set the stage really well. Could you just maybe, maybe a wrap-up comment, and then we'll have Q&A. We'll keep interacting with you. Okay. That's okay. So um, they established humanitarian help for people who, um, who need help. They have Telegram channel and website. Anyone in Ukraine can ask for their help. And, of course, they're raising funds, and they uh, armed territorial defense and uh, Ukrainian army. You can see it, uh, uh, like uh, equipment, body armor, also, uh, they are buying a lot of um, uh, SUVs uh, and more than ambulances. And uh, they are looking for established rehabilitation systems in the future because uh, now they're starting thinking what to do after it, how to help people uh, in Ukraine after the war. And uh, this is a list what uh, we are looking now. Uh, for the Ukrainian army, for the civilians, and of course medication. So we're looking for for the funds. Uh, we're looking for international partners because we can do together more. So this is a contact for Katerina, and of course my contact too. Thank you. Great. Th thank can you. I make a comment, Mark? Go ahead, Paula. Okay. So um, it was 
it's super, super nice to meet you. Thank you so much, Elmo, for your presentation. Nice um, and, uh, you know, I was working with Irina, who's also here, part of this group, um, and Mariusz and a lot of other great people um, to um, think about how people could potentially be um, relocated to Greece um, because parts of Greece look very much like regions of Odessa. And so um, we came up with this idea to create um, pre-built houses quickly Mm -hmm. um, and to rent them or sell them um, to Ukrainians who are looking to relocate. And so um, this is obviously something that we don't want to uh, have happen on a massive scale, simply because we also want people to go back to Ukraine. But we do see the need to relocate people for um, for some years um, to regions like Greece. And so um, we also partnered with an entity now it's called GR4Ukraine.org. Um, so it's like Greeks for Ukraine, and they have created uh, thousands of jobs for Ukrainians. So not only is there the possibility now to um, purchase a house, but there's also the possibility to refinance yourself based on jobs that are um, that are provided in the region. And these can both be low-income jobs and like medium-income jobs. So um, I would love to be in touch with you so that we can um, form a bond there, you know, between your volunteers and um, and our real estate project. That would be amazing because then we can create a safe pathway. And I think you're all on the same WhatsApp. I think you're both on the same WhatsApp group too. Uh, if you, yeah. We have yeah. lots of WhatsApp in Ukraine. Could I turn it over to you, Marius? Do you want to take take over and set the the stage? I have one last question. Just one one question. Like, how many people do you think are going to be relocating from Ukraine to other countries? Because we're already you, looking at four million Paula, refugees. Can you hit that? Let's put that in the WhatsApp group if that's okay. Okay. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah. I just want to so, um, hi. Um, I'm I'm here to to make connections and talk and so on, but I would love to show you stuff. You know, because um, I've been really interested since the, Star War, uh, the war started to really um, facilitate actions, you know, bring help and, uh, you know, not just, um, you know, thinking of, you know, and um, I'm really respecting all the beautiful ideas in this room and so on. But um, my interest is always to, to match uh, what is needed with the current needs. And um, I got a lot of friends in Ukraine, now some of them living with me uh, in, in my house. And um, I made a lot of beautiful friends along the way the last two months. And, um, and I always try to deliver impact. And I would love to show you just a, um, just a few things I've been involved in. Yeah, you can share my screen. Okay, this was just like the introductory, <laughs> and um, so you know I tried to because I'm hearing all these beautiful ideas and we had this awesome uh, gathering with Paula and uh, in in uh, in Greece and it was also very fruitful because we got there beautiful connections of uh, um, to uh, to new friends who helped us also in our journey to Ukraine because I'm coming from Ukraine from last week and I uh, make myself. A picture of, of the situation, and there's still par parts of our team uh, on the spot, um, and ask them just to, you know, maybe just introduce you quickly. You just see this guy left here. 
His name is Marcello. I'm going to t- uh, show you a, c- a project we're deploying with the help of this network here, with 361. And um, just briefly that you see how the situation could look like. And I have plenty other pictures I don't want to show you right now. Um, and we're there and acting as sensors and connectors. We want to really know what is there, what is needed, so that we can really efficiently help. And I hope here, when I come out here, that I get some, some people's, uh, touch some people's hearts and, and help also with the ongoing operations. Yeah. So I made a few learnings along the way. Um, I think the main learning is that it's beautiful that we have all those big help coming with big organizations and so on. But people I'm talking to, um, I was at, at um, first arrival centers in the in Polish border and, and I talked to people also in Ukraine and so on. And I see what is emerging right now is a, um, is a way to organize which is not covered by the NGOs and big organizations. You know, like in Ukraine, it's it's crazy how self-organization is right now working. I see a lot of leaders coming up and taking taking uh, actions. You know, the people are all organizing telegram channels. Have Each city has their own channel. It's kind of facilitated, uh, building chains of trusts, people taking life risks to go and deploy stuff to bring help to the people. And it's all self-organized. And I think those people need support in any end, in a self-organized way, because when I was talking also to big organizations, so one day people start to come with, um, with um, you know, the typical administrative stuff, you know, okay, so what is the NGO behind it and so on. And our circle was also, oh, can I deduct my tax and so on. And frankly, I lost patience from moment to moment. I had like an emotional roller coaster because I had people talking to me sometimes on the front line or in, on a besieged city, and they need just stuffed over there, right? Anyway, this is my short, uh, emotional, (laughs) hard-driven intro, very unstructured, but let's move to a little bit structure. So, generally, what I see, you know, I put these dimensions, and I didn't have time to prepare myself despite of this morning, because all the time connecting, talking, and so on, I see like there's, there's four dimensions. We have things which are needed right now, and they are inside of Ukraine and outside of Ukraine. And we have then things which are needed later on after the war or when the war is progressing and this is also the same inside of ukraine so there's kind of a in our discussions also in in in, um, in greece we discovered there's, there's a kind of a need that people are um um so staying in a country or coming back and they need also support there and i heard here beautiful ideas of sme support and whatever you want to provide awesome yeah and um yeah okay so let me just walk you through, you know, um, as an example, yeah, <laughs> actually, I, I, I met one of the Borders Without Borders uh, crew, um, beautiful Justina, she was uh, going there in the first day of war to the border, just dropped her job, went there, and she met beautiful people, and they tried to fill the gaps in between what is needed and so on, and they saw like finally arriving after weeks the big organizations and try to help and so on, but it still spotted um, gaps. And what I did as an action, um, they created an NGO. It's actually right now in a registration in Poland. Still, they called Borders Without Borders, and uh, 
what I did, and you can see me here uh, still being in, in Greece on the way back from the Acropolis, I um, had a call with, uh, with the founding team and they've been uh, introducing to me um, the operations, what they do. Um, and uh, we recorded this. I'm going to share with you the link. You can invite it to take a few minutes to go through it yourself, to this video. They've been introducing to me what they're doing and adding kind of what are they, whatever they already established and put documentation here, right? The help they provided, putting numbers of what they need right now. Like um, what they're doing is they have a warehouse at the Polish border and a warehouse at Dnipro. Dnipro is a key city in the middle of, of Ukraine. It is at the Dnipro River. And there are 16 bridges. And through that, they're providing supply to the other warehouse and have volunteers distributing it to the war zones. It's mainly food and uh, medical supply. They established a path, self-organized, young people, 20-something years old, right, um, have direct connections to suppliers. They managed to create a uh, cost per meal about 50 cents and deploying trucks every day. And what they need, and I share with you the link, they just need right now additional money to, to run the operations and continue. Because it's now very crucial in this phase right now to provide as many food supply as possible beyond the Dnieper River. Because those 16 bridges are going to be destroyed sooner or later, as one example. Yeah. Then the other one, why we've been to Ukraine and, help, uh, and, and received help from this group to de de um, deploy the MVP, it's um, Wi-Fi meshes, and I have just here, Wi-Fi meshes, and maybe I'm going to just um, present to you shortly the audio of the call we recorded in our, on our dailies, uh, where Marcello himself, um, who is... Um, the CEO of, of this NGO called Broadlights. He was bringing connectivity to um, um, to areas which need connectivity. He is an NGO um, and um, NATO badge doing um, um, uh, doing support on the connectivity thing in, in war zones and so on. Yes. So this guy is kind of a. Um, it's just an awesome dupe to meet him, and uh, I'm just going to play the audio. Now, you have the issue that they can be identified and targeted. If you have Starlinks uh, a little bit further away from where people are using them, by using the access point, the power transmission of the access point... Okay, maybe the audio was not the best. I didn't rehearse this. So, long story short, um, they're right now installing a, a so-called Wi-Fi mesh connectivity solution in uh, the areas. You see here the school got bombed around Kiev, yeah, and um, and we bring connectivity there. It's true that that um, the Tesla was providing a lot of Starlinks, but they've been installing them to already established networks to de-risk the connections. Yes. But from talking with my friends who, who've been sitting in shelters and, and running away, the main reason for some of them was not that they didn't have food or water, was because they've been cut off the world and they didn't know what was happening, you know. And we want to solve this, filling this gap and provide connectivity where it got lost. Because if people are not connected there, sooner or later, and the history's, uh, history shows it already what happened in, in some towns and villages, 
the Russians come there and uh, take over, do Russian propaganda TV, send people to filtration camps, right? And filter out the ones who are pro-Russian or try to brainwash them under high pressure to work for the Russians, or they get filtered out. And this is things which are happening right now, yeah? So, and uh, we want to provide connectivity here in this project, but it also, you can also help them with the food and medical supply. Nice. Yes? I could stay here all day. Yeah. If we packed it in, yeah. then you got a couple of people next week. Okay. <laughs> but I think I'm, I made my point. So, so look, I, I'm here to, because you have a beautiful garden here, yes? And I'm here just to plant some seeds. And uh, I will try to help you also with the architecture of this group to establish the connection. So whenever you want to help, and I know it's a trust thing because, oh, we sent money to Eastern Europe, you know, who's going to benefit from that? I would love to facilitate a direct connection to the people who received the help. They could document it, you know, maybe in this way and recording videos and showing you photos and so on. So whatever is needed to you to build trust, I'm happy to facilitate that. I don't gonna manage micromanage other projects because you're gonna manage it within each other. I just want to provide Co the structure. Co-create. Co-create. Thank so you for your work. It's been amazing. I appreciate it. Yeah, John. John was uh, the first of our group uh, to to donate to that. And Thanks, John. And we we did we vetted it. We're seeing how it's implemented. We didn't know if we'd have that. It's now it's now a full MVP, as you say. So now let's scale it. Yes, and we got connections to, to the main responsible people for the Starlink program and so on, and contact with, you know, whoever we need as stakeholders. And this is also thanks to Paula in, in it, circle because she was bringing the, the persons in, and those persons introduced us, and we're really well connected, so we can deploy and scale this project. So you set the you want to tee up your, your other... Yeah, actually, panels? um... But can I um, make one comment because we also started to talk about um, other issues that are um, being discussed in the network, um, for example, the plastic waste issue around the globe, like um, I have a seven-month-old baby and um, Irina, who was um, who's a uh, refugee from Ukraine, she was actually telling me about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and I got like half a heart attack when I heard about that. And, um, and so now I'm actually in Barbados, so with the Prime Minister of Barbados, because um, they are looking for solutions for the sea level rising. And so um, what I'm trying to say is that out of the meeting that we had on Samos, um, we also started to discuss other things like waste management. And so um, we came up with a solution um, for um, for the. Um, uh, it, it basically works like a silicone boob um, oh. where you uplift. Oh, you're so I'll stand if you don't mind. Well, also, after listening to Mariusz, 
uh, to Paul, um, to Irina, I feel like I should give up my time because what they're doing is absolutely amazing. Uh, my name is Kirill Viktorovich Kiperman. Uh, for those of you that uh, are not fun, uh, fund of rolling your R's, I also go by Kyle. Um, <laughs> And until a week ago, I did not know what 361 is, uh, but when my friend Brittany uh, introduced this opportunity and, and shared what this group does and uh, how kind and caring, I, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to speak in front of you. Uh, so my journey begins here in the States about 20 years ago when my family and I immigrated from the gorgeous city of Odessa, Ukraine, uh, in the south, uh, which thankfully hasn't been touched as much as some of the other places you've heard of, like Mariupol. And I remember like it was yesterday, uh, coming to the northwest suburbs of Chicago, not the most diverse place in the world, um, looking a little bit different, dressing a little bit different, speaking with a heavy accent, uh, and the kids would come up to me and ask me where I'm from, and I would say Ukraine. 90% of the time, blank stares. Still don't understand why geography is not a mandatory course. Uh, and I also had a few that said, oh, that's part of the Soviet Union, right? That's 2001. Like, not for the past 10 years, it's not. And frankly, I wish that we can go back to that time where people maybe don't even know what Ukraine is, or they think of that Seinfeld episode in the Metrocart with a board game. This is an opera house in Odessa, considered to be the second most beautiful opera house in Europe. As before the war, this is how it looks now, barricaded. Last time it looked like that was during the 1940s. So I'm, I'm going to skip the parts that really have no relevance in terms of my upbringing, my career, all of that. I'll share with you that about seven years ago, my best friend and I were sitting in my, um, my one-and-a-half-car garage sipping tea, and we decided to build a coffee table. And seven years later, that coffee table turned into a full-service, people-centric organization that designs and manufactures high-end cabinetry called Crafted Wild Cabinets. Uh, and for those of you who understand the manufacturing segment, it's very saturated, it's very old, it's very complex. Uh, it has high um, implementation costs and overheads and risks and liabilities. So starting it um, is difficult. Funding it is difficult. Scaling it is very complex. And we can sell with the best of them, but we can't scale manufacturing as quickly as we can sell. So I figured, hey, why don't we scale by engaging my friends in Ukraine? We found an unbelievable company in my hometown of Odessa, 27-year-old organization. And after two years of planning and translating everything from imperial to metric system and European standards to American, we finally got our first 40-foot container from across the pond, some of the best cabinetry you've seen in the world. Fast forward to February 24th, 2022, I'm sitting in front of the screen and moving my vision along, my dream, and I'm seeing something very disturbing come on the screen. Uh, after doing some cross-checking, uh, I decided at the risk of waking up my friends in Ukraine with an eight-hour difference in time to call and find out what's going on. And unfortunately, they were already awake uh, because they were woken up by shelling. So... Everything that my business went through and, and the impacts to me, you know, from increase in cost to uh, logistical nightmares to trying to get a container from a war zone through a different country, none of that is as impactful. It pales in comparison to what people are going through there every single day, right? As an example, the person that I do business with is 65 years old, which means he's no longer fighting age. 
He built a 27-year-old company. It is the work of his lifetime. And when his family pleaded him to leave the country, because he has the opportunity, he said a captain does not leave his ship, captain does not leave his crew. So he is still there providing purpose, providing a paycheck for those who can still produce. So this situation has given me a renewed sense of appreciation for the freedom, the opportunities, the securities that I'm afforded here and has given me the, the urge to help even more. And hearing what these amazing people are doing just motivates me and inspires me. And again, I don't believe that I deserve to be here right now. So similar to what Mariusz has said, really big organizations are bulky. Yep. Absolutely. One last thing I'll say, there are a couple of slides with some local organizations that are not bulky, that are not difficult to work with, like what Mariusz said. And you can donate money to those organizations directly in Ukraine, in Odessa. And it will go to people that are doing some amazing work with veterans, with elderly, and with pets. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Good morning, Gary. You got mine? Okay. The topic that I'm focusing on is the rebuilding of Ukraine. We've all seen the incredible images of the enormous devastation, which has resulted in, you know, large loss of not only life, but many businesses, jobs, etc. So millions of people are jobless. There's no income. And you know, just put yourself in those circumstances and imagine how are you going to survive? You know, the key that we're uh, addressing here is the issue of money money at the grassroots level. How do the people carry on? How do they buy the food that Mariusz was talking about and, uh, and you know, be able to survive? If you imagine what's likely to come, it's probably going to be a Marshall Plan type you know, uh, renewal, which essentially is a top-down concept which takes forever for it to trickle down to the people at the bottom. And the government is going to be largely focused on large infrastructure, rebuilding projects, et cetera. But how do you rebuild, you know, those local communities, the barbershops, the, you know, small restaurants, the, um, you know, other um, small businesses that serve the community, et cetera. Um, and so the need is immediate. So if it's not going to come that way and, you know, it's not likely that there's going to be direct infusion of money to all the people at the in the communities, what can they do? And essentially, yes, I tend to be very loud, which is why I was holding it away. Thank <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll try and make it quick. Okay, so the key here is that uh, our organization discovered some time back that throughout history there have been major rebuild efforts that have been funded by the people issuing their own money. And so that is the key that we're looking at here is that the Ukrainian people basically can issue their own currency, not have to wait for it to come from on high on down, and that money fundamentally is a social consensus. If people say this is money, we agree it's money, it's money. And so uh, we found you know, a bunch of examples throughout history of that. We then developed a whole program that we call the Sustainable Communities Framework that essentially takes that concept of issuing uh, local currency and using it to have a broad brush across the board, tied the lifts all boats type of framework. 
And so this is the ideal system that could help to reboot communities all across Ukraine very rapidly. I've been talking with Mariutz about this, and uh, as a reinforcement to his idea of all the self-organizing that the Ukrainian people do, this is a perfect match for them to be able to take and run with it. And um, so it can be implemented very quickly. We've got a full turnkey system. The key is to being able to go implement it. We'll have a Ukraine breakout lunch be longer, but... I'll wrap it real quick. Okay. To, to pursue this, we formed a new entity in Washington, two blocks from uh, the White House, called the Ukrainian American Development Center, and it's going to coordinate this effort. So, uh, and the, the website for it is uadc.net. Thank and all you. All these presentations are in our, our master deck. We now have like 300 slides in there, so we can get everything there. All right. I wish we could talk Ukraine all day and do you want me to take any questions? Fortunately, we don't have okay. the breakout was where we do the questions. Great. Thank you. Come join our 361 firm community of investors and thought leaders. We have a lot of events created by the community as we collaborate on investments and philanthropic interests. Join us.